Welcome to episode 520 of I Am Talk, your weekly flex in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 520 or 520 of I Am Talk with Bevan James Isles and John Newsom. Here you go, mate. I'm really good, thanks. It's uh, now currently 6.47. We started at 5, a little bit after 5. Yeah. I wasn't sure what time you were going to turn up this morning, to be honest. Well, I got up at 5 and I got around here as soon as I could. Yeah, no, you said... Uh, Brush my teeth before I came. No, 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 you did say, you did say, I'm going to get up at 5. And I was just like, because oh. I got up at 4.30 because mm-hmm. I thought I'll check my show notes and then get ready. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do I have breakfast beforehand or not? <laughs> And then you see the gap at five, I'm like, does that mean the gap is going to be at 10 past five? Or, yeah. but Luckily, I finished my breakfast. Yeah. Had my chewing gum, which I talked about last week on the show. It's kind of starting to stick to the table now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there we go. I'm talk is, oh, we've done I'm Talk is proudly brought to you by Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Galactic buffer. Exhale. Trainexhale.com. Trainexhale.com. Now, we, we're going to interview them today, are we? Yes, we're going to have Mark from Exhale on here. And Exhale is the software. Yes, so sort of in terms of uh, coach-athlete relationship, in terms of keeping all your data in one place. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk to Mark. He'll actually be live from Nice. So this is going to be, we recorded this a week ago, and it will be the evening of Nice. Is he racing or is he just the coach? No, his wife Caroline's racing. Well done, Caroline! Hopefully she had a good day. I'm sure she smashed it. Mm. She used Excel. There we go. And yeah. our patrons. Yes. Oh, John, you say them because I've got the old show notes up. No, I haven't actually done any here, so oh, I'm okay. just going to pluck a couple out here. Bevan, you tell us about what's happening in Thailand this week. Thailand? Well, we, Joe said yesterday, although we would have been in Bangkok. Yeah. Oh, Bangkok, John. I went cray-cray. Yes. I went cray-cray in Bangkok. Went, went out partying all night long. Yes. Because one night in Bangkok... In the world for oh, oyster, nice. John. I just discovered oysters everywhere. So yes. there we go. Uh, Brett, uh, Rainbow Man, Summit, Jeff, uh, no, Jack, Custo, Lynch, Colin, Hungry Like a Wolf, Durant. Oh, that's a good one. And like Michael, Diggit Dooley. Diggit Dooley. Okay, Jonbo, this week's show, we've got, it's a different show. We are away. So basically what's going to happen is we're going to do a quick, are we doing news? No. Oh, not at all. No. Normally you do a quick news. No, no news. No news. No, bugger the news. Yeah. Oh, but John, what happened was they announced Kona's cancelled. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. It's coming down to Christchurch. And they've brought on the 20 metre rule. <laughs> That's right there, John. They listen, John. They listen. Yeah. Um, okay, so this week's show, it's a little bit different because we are away. But what we have got is we've got a great interview of Pete Jacobs. I sat down with Pete a couple of weeks ago and got about 40 minutes out of Pete. So it's kind of cool. Hopefully you won I mean Ken's last weekend. Yes. Um, we've also got my first try, and we've got another interview with Excel, and then uh, that's pretty much it, really. Yes, there we go. So, Jumbo, we'll get credit straight into a sponsor, Extreme Endurance. One thing I was going to ask everybody out there today is the Extreme Endurance have been one of our longest standing sponsors. Yeah. We've had Athlinks have been on for ages, yeah, and uh, we had Coffees of Hawaii for a long Coffees time. Coffees of is still number one at this stage, mm-hmm. as in the longest people to support the show, mm-hmm. but I think. Athletes wouldn't be far behind oh, now. wouldn't be far behind. No. And extreme endurance are right Probably up there as well. Head head. So, you know, th- those guys mean make it heaps easier for us to, to maintain the show, cover overheads oh and things God. like that. So this week, it's just a request for you guys. And we know it's, the thing is, we know it's a great product. I remember the, when we first got it, I was like, oh, 
what's all this about and and uh and sort of guys oh, a supplement does it work it's you know it's sometimes really hard to tell with these things well when I mean, people get this crap as well yeah um but we get so much good feedback on on the, the fact that it's a great product and they've been a long standing supporter of the the show so if you've used the product um you know, give them a little bit of a give them a plug. You know, pop pop something on their Facebook page, send them a testimonial, um, recommend them to a friend, and remember to spread the word about the promo code I am Talk Ten because when you guys use that promo code, they can see oh we're actually um, getting some some good uh, comeback on that. Plus you guys get ten percent off. So use the promo code I am Talk Ten and go and give Extreme Endurance a little bit of love on their Facebook page or pop them an email or something like that just so they know that you guys are out there listening and uh, they've been a great supporter of the show so check it out xendurance.com okay guys so one thing that we do do is we sit again i sat down with pete jacobs a couple of weeks ago just to have a chat about how's life and uh how's training going and where he's at with his training and stuff it's a pretty interesting interview and i love interviewing Pete because he's the kind of guy who doesn't really beat around the bush he just kind mm. of tells you where he's at and uh i think you guys will really enjoy this interview so let's check that on right now here's pete jacobs right Tim, we've got the legendary pete jacobs on the show today it's been a while since we've talked to you mate so it's good to have you back on the show yeah, thanks very much. Good to be back. I actually think the last time I spoke to you was literally as you just finished a race in Kona when you won the Brady thing. Righty, oh, yeah. Well, um, hopefully I'm in getting back to that sort of form finally and you've missed all the, the crap form in between. Before we, before we kind of get into the kind of, you know, the main gist of the conversation, we were, we were just having a conversation before we push record and because Pete had uh, one of those kind of nose strips on, which were kind of a big fad for rugby players years ago in the game, of in the contact sports, and it kind of faded away. And uh, and you were saying it's something you sleep with. Maybe just talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, um, happened to be a guy visiting Noosa who does TMJ, which is a short for something um, jaw joint. Um, and he basically said, "Well, if your jaw's super tight, you're pinching nerves, which he thinks was leading to a lot of my fatigue." Um, so I went and saw him, and he also works with a orthodontist um, guy. Um, and they both just said, well, if you want to recover and feel good, you need to breathe through your nose when you sleep. Um, so, yeah, I had a plate made up for, and Jamie did it as well, plates made up for when we sleep so our jaw doesn't drop back. Um, I put a bit of tape over my lips uh, to keep my mouth shut as well and uh, have to put that on because I've got a deviated system and I don't actually breathe well through my nose. So, oh. But I'm sleeping really well. I'm recovering well. Um and he, he sort of thinks that was a lot of part of my problem was that my body was always um, in sympathetic nervous system and I just was never recovering. I was never resting and recovering properly, um, which is part of it. And then, uh, yeah, then on another podcast, I'd, I'd, there was a bloke that did um, talked about the, his book, The Oxygen Advantage, and how advantageous it is to practice nose breathing and to nose breathe during night. And uh, he also had some very interesting exercises about how you can basically simulate altitude training while you're just sitting there on the couch just by controlling your breathing. Mm -hmm. um, so I've done that a little bit now and again as well. Um, yeah, it's all very interesting and it all ties together with um, stuff I did years ago which is the mind controls everything but the mind controls things but there is a lot of different layers and um, I've found out breathing is one of those layers. So um, it's funny how when you... Um, change your breathing when you're racing or um, get to the top of a hill or after an effort. It's your breathing that sort of changes that instigates a change in how your body feels, like whether that lactate suddenly hits or whether you suddenly feel like you 
you know, hit the wall a bit and that's the as far as you can go. So, yeah, a lot of different layers and, um, yeah, breathing's been an interesting one to find out more about. When you, when you first started doing it, was it hard to get sleep because you're like taping your mouth? Like just the kind of the process, like I'm sure you under, you know, you, there's a benefit that I'm working towards, but I can't imagine taping your mouth felt normal at first. So was that kind of odd? Um, yes, yeah, slightly odd. It's only a small piece of tape and um, very lightweight tape. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's actually kind of comfortable to feel that something is just holding your mouth shut. Yeah. So if you lay on your side, you know, you're not drooling <laughs> so it's it's kind of nice and if you're laying on your back with the mouth guard that we have the jaw doesn't drop back so um you know that's good and then also you don't end up grinding your teeth um and tightening your jaw up you know over tightening up that joint again which can cause issues for people um so there's a lot of benefits to it and at this point you know or at that point when it was um last year end of last year um actually it was around september last year when I'd really run out of, you know, everything um, that I thought I'd tried, um, I've found some new things since then as well. Um, but that was one thing that provided a bit of hope for getting back some energy and um, I believe it did. I had some um, chronically tight areas, you know, I get a mas- massage from the same masseuse, you know, same day every week for years now and, you know, my pecs would always be tight when you'd get to them at the end and my and my sort of lat area would be always be really tight as well and um, after a few weeks of using these mouth guards, um, they released and um, really, yeah and haven't tightened up since and um, so that was, yeah, I've definitely felt a bit of a change um, physically. Um, yeah, and I do feel that I sleep better when I'm breathing through my nose and uh, yeah, it's... Um, well, and if you're sleeping yeah. better, that's like, the benefits are massive, aren't they? You know, like it's kind of obvious, really. Yeah. 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 Hey, um, so, so, like, I'm sure you probably kind of have some stuff we've talked about before, but you, you win Kona. What happens after that? Um, yeah, there's a lot of um, stuff to filter through, um, offers to go to races, um, appearances, and, um, yeah, and then you've just got to figure out as well what you want to do. I guess your confidence is really high and you feel like you can sort of do anything. Mm. Um, but it, it didn't work out that way, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess we got, to, we got to travel the world a little bit to a few races and events and um, we ran the New York Marathon together um, with ASICs. Um, you know, I went, I raced a scout from Alcatraz and Jamie and I had a great time. We did a bit of shooting for ASICs there, um, as well. And yeah, we just went around quite a few, you know, great locations. And, um, but at the end of the day, uh, just trying to get my health and, um, strength back, uh, was, was the underlying issue. And it was not really allowing me to plan, um, anything properly because it was always like, okay, well, let's just get through this one. I'm, I'm in okay shape um, and then we'll see what happens. But um, inevitably, I was falling in a larger and larger hole each time, you know, I went off the edge and trained a bit too much or whatever. And um, yeah, it's just been, it was getting worse and worse for a few years and now it's finally getting better. You, you, you have been quite open about some of the struggles around it and you've written some very kind of open and personal blog posts and, and people you can go read all that stuff I don't really want to go into that now but has it been interesting because sometimes when we put something out there to the world it's almost like that's how the world sees us um, if you know what I mean because you know like suddenly I'm lab- I am kind of share something and everyone labels me that way and has that, has that been in 
something that you've felt and has it been a frustration or is it actually what's it been like for that for you um no it's actually been really good um certainly after Kona when you're world champion you you attract a lot more of the negative comments really? and a lot more of the people that think um you know think they're sort of being hilarious but you know it's not Maybe. funny because yeah. you don't know them you've never met them um it's not your mate having a jab at you it's someone on social media being a bit of a bully um yeah trying to get more followers through, you know, poking fun yeah. at someone, um, that sort of stuff. But now, since uh, I'm, I'm well out of the limelight now and um, it's, it's not sort of something that um, I guess I'm not going around sort of saying, oh, look, I think I'm, you know, I'm back in good shape and, um, and then something comes up and the race doesn't go well. Um, yeah, that's, it's all really positive now. So when I have been putting it out there, um, it's almost, you know, 100% positive lately. Um, you still get a few people with their ideas and opinions, which often they're trying to be helpful, but, you know, they'll sort of say, well, this is what you have. From reading your post, you know, this is your problem. Oh, wow. And I'm like, well, it's not that. Um, I've clearly said in my post that it's not that and I'm aware that I'm not that, uh, you know, it's not depression or it's not Lyme disease and it's not this, you know. Um so, yeah, it's great to be feeling good again mm. and um, oh, it's, it's tough though because a lot of people just never find out that thing that it is that's holding them back um, and I guess that's why I wanted to continue searching for it and didn't just say, oh, look, I don't think I can get back there. Um, just like I felt when I, um, you know, was, was 20 years old and felt that one day I'd win Hawaii, I just had a gut feeling that, it was one day that was that was going to be possible. Um, it was the same feeling that one day I I know I can figure out what's wrong and I'm going to come back to the to the top in the sport that that I really love and enjoy doing, and find out what my body can do. You know, at that next level with the more information that I've found and um, hopefully yeah take it to that next level. So yeah, it, it's all positive really um feedback and uh yeah it's been a great journey you know leading up to kona because if you watch your career up to that kona win there was this kind of gradual increase in kind of performance and speed you know i remember seeing you wrote and you you were kind of just kicking in and then you kind of went to kona you got you know better better every year and then you won it so i imagine at that time you probably had a pretty standard formula that kind of evolved a little bit so when we think about how you approach how i race now in comparison to that time where you're kind of just growing as an athlete to your kind of peak moment, how are things different now? Um, well, at the moment, I'm as close as I've ever as I've been in like those sort of um, three and a half years to 2012 in terms of the training that I'm doing, okay. in terms of um, listening to my body and able to build up consistently for a few months um and get out for those long solo rides which is what i find the most benefit from um you know my running's good um i'm not doing as much running as i was back then um but in terms of the the general um way that i'm mentally and physically preparing things are really similar actually um not a lot's changed you know back then i was pretty strict with my diet um as well you know i'd cu- i cut out sugars and um, most treats and I'd have the occasional, um, you know, like Jamie might buy me a chocolate milk and I might have a occasional, um, treat when I'm out riding. Um, but you know, I wasn't eating ice cream for dessert and that sort of stuff. And 
I thought, and I had a pretty good diet back then, a lot of, you know, spinach and rice and that kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, I, I was still having moments of fatigue, even training for 2012. Um, I certainly had days where I couldn't get the power up, um, weeks where I'd have to take an extra day or two rest in that week. And I'm still feeling a bit like that, but I, I think I feel a bit stronger. I guess, like I said, I'm not doing as much running. Um, but um, mentally, the being strict with the diet is same but different. I'm actually, you know, it's a different diet now. I'm, I'm, I'm st- stricter in a way, but it's not that I'm strict. It's just that I've changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't see it as I'm not having things that I want. Um, that's not an issue at all because I don't want any of that other stuff anymore because mm-hmm. um, I feel that I've really found the, the medicine for getting my health and um, kicking that fatigue finally and it seems to be just coming from my diet. So mm-hmm. um, it's really similar, yeah, the way that I'm approaching it. It's just what I'm doing or eating has changed slightly but, yeah, it feels the same. One thing I always got when we used to speak to Ferris was it, there was always this sense of I've had my win. Um, you know, Ferris got his win early in his career, and and, and in some ways he was kind of you know because all these Germans want to win the bloody race, and he he kind of had that character, or at least I've won the bloody thing. But in some ways I always wonder with Ferris if he, although it's probably unfair to say this because he, he was a consistent performer in Kona, but it was the sense of maybe it took away that high level of motivation. So once you won the thing, how do you, what how does your motivation shift? And what's motivating you right now as an athlete? Um, yeah, I guess the motivation shifted um, when I when I was really struggling with um, just my health day to day. You know, I'd sort of train for three weeks, and you know that was it. And then I was in a hole for for two months, and that sort of was um, you know happening more worse and worse over the last three years. So it got it to them. My motivation was I just need to figure out for my health, for my for my own lifestyle. Because mm. um, even if I said, right, I'm not going to compete professionally anymore at this level and at this, you know, hard endurance sport, I would still want to be able to run. And I'd still want to comp- like, you know, I'd want to change my focus to, yeah, doing like a ultra or something. And I'd want to train hard. But there'd be no light at the end of the tunnel if my health wouldn't hold up to that. So mm. the motivation really became um, just find out what's wrong, what I can do for my health. And and it was just lifestyle as well. You know, I can't picture even doing much at all in the future, you know, if we have kids and that sort of stuff, you know, how can I do any sort of physical exercise just for a bit of fun and then find that I'm really fatigued and can't enjoy family life? Mm. Um because Jamie, you know, really put up with me when, when for months I was just, it was like living with someone with depression because I was so tired that I couldn't think, you know, nothing would work. So um, the, the motivation was just to get the health back and the underlying thing was, well, if my health comes back, you know, I want to get back into, you know, competing well at Kona. It's still the, um, it's still a really strong motivation for me it's still something that I really feel that I can get back to the top of Mm. um and you know do it a bit differently do it a bit better um and uh yeah so now that the health is back um and I'm getting back to that training and um 
mental feeling that I had back in 2012, it, it just seems really easy again. You were saying before I'm not running as much. Why is that? Um, it's probably just coming from like I'm, I'm still fairly tentative with my training in terms of I've had such bad fatigue for a few years that I'm still tentative. I still don't want to push it too hard. I'm still, I guess, building back up some of that resilience that I, I really knocked to, to zero um, over the last few years. And I'm really just missing um, my sessions are my one track or my one effort session is a bit shorter. So I might only do 10 to 13 Ks with my efforts in there. Um, whereas I used to do two sessions with my efforts in there and they might end up being more like 15 to 20K. Um, but my long run's the same um, pretty much, um, you know, around two hours or two and a bit hours and at the same sort of pace, like, um, you know, close to just a bit slower than race pace. And um, so I'm just missing a few miles really. You know, I still get out um, and do easy jogs so I might still do 40-minute jog, but if I'm running with the dogs, we're doing about six-minute Ks. <laughs> so you, you don't get the same sort of kilometers, um, you know, but I try and get out there for those easy runs a bit more and my easy runs are slower than they used to be. Um, so the mileage is definitely down. Um, but in terms of the biking, the biking's been similar. And my swimming, I'm not swimming too much either because it's really at the moment just focused on consistency, um, you know, aerobic fitness and um, recovery. Mm. And, um, you know, so that's... And, and it's uh, always such an advantage for you anyway. Like it's, you know, like <clears> it's, I'm sure even 2% off, you know, you're so far ahead of everyone else, aren't you? <laughs> well, hopefully. Hopefully well, it's Well, well. you're in a bunch, you know, you're, you're the one of the few, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's it. I mean, if I, if my swimming's a bit off, I can sit on feet and it doesn't really matter. There's not a lot of difference where my heart rate's at. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for Kona, come come Kona, I would want to swim a bit more just because it's non-wetsuit and um, it can be a bit more uh, pushy in the pack because there's so many good swimmers. Whereas like Cairns, it will be a wetsuit swim just because of the um, the potential for stingers. Mm. Very small potential, but they're allowing wetsuits. Um, and a smaller pack, so it should be fairly easy to find feet, sit with the group and come out come out with that front group and, um, and then just, uh, yeah, go to work on the bike. On a kind of egoic kind of question, so like you know, you, you and Kona, you got to feel like you're a bloody legend. Like, how can you not? Um, and then you kind of have this experience where bloody health just pulls you away from the thing you love and you're so bloody good at. What's that like for the ego? Um, I've got a pretty good check on my ego. I feel yeah. um, like I'm pretty aware of you know the the pitfalls of ego and um, and what that's all about. Um, which is basically, you know, you're either living in the past or the future all the time. Mm. Um, so I guess a long time ago, because I've had fatigue for, you know, since I was sort of probably about 17. I've, so uh, I realise that you've always experienced it, have you? Always experienced some level of fatigue. You know, when I was just getting in the water for, I was surf lifesaving and I'd get in the water early in the mornings before school. And then after school, I did my landscaping apprenticeship. So before work for four years, some days I'd get in and I just couldn't turn my arms over basically I can't, can't get my heart rate up when I'm fatigued um, so familiar feeling and then it was it was pretty bad so I've had the year I went pro I DNF'd in Hawaii because it was really bad at the race and then the following six months was terrible um, but then I went on a little trip came back and did one race and I think it was a Gold Coast half Ironman 
probably in about 2004 or something like that. And I just felt good on the day. Um, and I hadn't done heaps of training. I probably finished about fifth or something. Um, but I was only about, you know, 24 years old or something like that. And that was the moment where I went, well, if I just feel good on the day, I'm happy. Like that's all I want, just to be able to push my body when I want to push it because that's, that's the love of it. That is the absolute adrenaline rush, the thrill of, you know, any sport mm. is just pushing your body and um, it's something that I've grown up doing ever since I was little. So that's what really, you know, what, as you said, I really missed that for over the last few years and um, or any time before that when I haven't performed well. Mm. It's just that real frustration of not being able to push. So I've learned that, you know, you've got to just take it as, as good as you can on the day and then go, right, well, tomorrow can be better um, and uh, just look towards, you know, it all being a bit better in the future and having sort of some positive goals and um, slowly working towards, um, yeah, that long-term sort of dream. So I was never the type that was like, right, I have to do this today and then I have to do this much tomorrow and then, you know, if someone's a bit quicker than me on this day, then she is, I better go quicker than them next week. Um, you know, I've never been like that at all. I'm always happy to drop off the pack in the bike groups if we're riding, if I'm going, if I'm a bit flat that day because that's what I grew up with. I grew up with days of being flat mm, sometimes. Mm. So, I, yeah, I think I've... I've Learned pretty well um, not to let ego, you know, get in the way of things and just, you know, I'm, I don't care if people think I'm slow in training or if they don't think I'm training that much because um, I'm really comfortable with what I'm doing and, uh, yeah, it, it did get me to a world title once and I think I've still got the same, um, the same head and the same body to get back there again. So this year, you've, you know, you've kind of got back to health. Uh, you've had a, you've had some good results coming in. What's it like just to be, get back to a level of I'm racing again? I'm back into it. I'm kind of being competitive again, and or racing like those days I talk about. Have you had many of those days? And if so, what's it like? Um, yeah, early in the year it was still early days. Um, you know, I th- only started to change my diet really pretty much first of January, and raced in Geelong in February, and I pushed hard on the bike, but then blew on the run because it was pretty early days. And um, two weeks later, though, um, I raced, raced Crowey. And, um, yeah, we had a really good mm. battle there at Huskis and Long Course. And that's a race where we've gone, we've battled a lot. So it was a real good memory of um, how it feels to be racing and particularly in that location. So, um, yeah, just the thrill of it was very much like, right, I'm back. I can still do this. My body still works. And, you know, if I've, if I've put together a few more than, you know, two runs in a week sort of thing, I should be fairly competitive. Mm. So um, came back and decided, right, I'm just going to take a pretty good build up now. I'm happy. Like it was a real light bulb where I just went, right, I, now, I no longer feel the pressure to prove to myself that I can still mix it. Because in the time that I've been fatigued, a lot of guys have come through. Mm. Guys that, you know, four years ago, I was looking at them going, geez, I don't know if they're ever going to make it. Like, you know, well, how good are they going to ever get? And then four years later, you know, they're winning a big races. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're now the guys that I'm looking at going, geez, am I going to be able to be good as good as them because they're doing so well? Yeah. So a little bit of it is um, occasionally when you don't race much that. But having a good race against Crowey, I was able to go, right, I've just got cans in. It was about 14 weeks to cans, which is the longest build-up I've ever sort of looked at. 
Um, but because things were going well, I decided to go to um, Bustleton, 70.3 in May. Um, and that was the only week all year where I've had a whole week where I actually didn't recover. Um, just the weekend before, I think a bit of a late night, some bad food, a few other stresses going on. I didn't recover and then the travel there was a, actually a really big travel day. It was about 13 hours door to door um, and then just, yeah, just still felt flat on race day. So it was a real disappointment to have been training really well um, but at the same time I was happy because I went, well, you know, a bad day now when I was a bit flat after all that training. I still went 3.53 or something like that. Um, I got like 12th. You know, it was a quick day, a lot of quick guys there but I'm looking at it going, okay, my bad day – now is 3.53, whereas um, over the last three years, my bad day has been like four and a half, you know, and really struggled or even slower. Um, So I know that the basis is there, the aerobic capacity is there, um, and I just needed to to get my body right and um, do a bit bigger mileage for cans, and and that's gone really well. Yeah, I haven't had any more big bouts of fatigue, and um, I've gotten in the bigger bike mileage, and... um, yeah, so I'm I'm still really um, focused. I'm still really, uh, you know, confident that my body is improving every week, and that um, yeah, it can continue to go well. And yeah, it, it, like I said, um, or you said, my my results have always sort of gradually built up to Hawaii. And mm. the middle of the year, I haven't even gone that great. The year I won Hawaii, I was half an hour behind Andy Potts at um, Lake Placid. Yeah. Um, so things like that, you know, I'm, 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 I guess I'm internally confident um, of what I can do when my body's healthy, and um, so that's sort of just what I focus on. So, so Ken's coming up, and well, I'm sure we might put this out the week before Ken's, or we might be in this week. But leading into Ken's, what's the thought? Is it pretty just stick to the plan like I always do? Like, what's kind of thoughts leading into this race? Um, yeah, I guess like I said, it's changed a bit the com- the competition a bit. Mm. Um, you know, Luke McKenzie's been able to nail. You know, just about every bike Ironman that he's done um, over the last few years, um, really solid. So he's sort of the one to watch on the bike. And then he's also put together, obviously, yeah, a sub Yeah, it's the run eight. that's come on too as well. Yeah, you know, like sub eight last year was really impressive. And um, so, you know, my goal is just to not let him get too far away on the bike um, and even just have the confidence to go with him on the bike and just see what my body can do. Um, you know, I... Yeah, <laughs> I sort of I've been saying this to one of my mates who's a little bit like, oh, I'm not. Luke's just going to be out of this world. He's going to be too quick. And I say to him, <laughs> oh, love. <laughs> yeah. And I said to him, well, he's talking about himself too. Oh, okay. He, he's, a, he's a pro. Um, and I say, well, mate, we're all the same. We all put our pants on one leg at a time, um, as many people have said about many people before. Mm. But it's a, just a great little quote. Um, just that you know, we're all human, and if you if you have done the work. Um, and believe that you're fit enough, you know, then that's your only limiter, really. I remember um, Gordo, Gordo had the quote, no, the guy in front of you is not Superman. You know, just, you know, yeah. just, you know, just, you know, put perspective on it, because eh? we can kind of yeah. blow things up a little bit in our own head. Yeah, and it is Iron Man. It's a long day, and the last person to slow down is usually the person that wins. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, it's, yeah, a bit of tactics will be going on there on the bike, a bit mentally as well. Um, but there's going to be a few good guys on the bike too, I think. Um, you know, Tim Burke has been riding very strong as well. Um, so it's going to be yeah, really interesting to see how it, how it plays out. And then, yeah, Tim's been running really well. Um, but maybe because he went so well at 
South Africa, he may not even turn up. You know, it's not 100%. I think some guys may be entered. I think I know a few guys entered um, Ironman uh, Brazil, Florianapolis, is it? The South American champs that mm-hmm. was just on. And Tim Don got second there. So I don't think he'll be turning up in two weeks at Cairns, even yeah. though he's on the start list. Yeah, is that frustrating? Because it is good nowadays for you pros because you pretty much enter any race and you pay one fee for the year, which is a great thing. But mm. the, the downfall of it is it's very confusing about who's going to be racing. Is that frustrating for you as a pro? No, no, it's not frustrating at all. I don't, I don't mind it at all. Okay. Uh, um, you know, it is it is difficult. It's a difficult sport we're in um, that you, you don't know how the Ironman's going to go. Like, you know, if, say, Tim Don punctured and something happened, you know, then he's like, well, I, I need to qualify for Hawaii. And if he hadn't entered the race a month ago, he wouldn't be able to come over and race it. So there's just so much that can go wrong and so much weighing on the result. That, um, you know, I don't think you want to take that away from people, that ability. Um, certainly they should let the, just let the race organizers know and say, look, my name's on the start list, but, you know, don't talk me up in your media too much because I may not turn up if it goes well over there. I mean, that's just common sense really yeah um post post ken so you know you go along you kill ken smash it out of the park um what, what's the plan for the rest of the year moving forward obviously you want to head back to kona would be the goal yeah definitely um yeah i've been i've been like i say i've been training well for this one probably as well as i've trained for any mid mid-year ironman and as certainly as well as i've trained for any ironman since 2012 um so hopefully i recover pretty well but yeah it's really take a couple of weeks off um, just a fair bit of downtime and just do things around the house that have been building up, that sort of stuff. Um, spend a bit more time with um, – well, Jamie's training pretty solid now because she'd qualified for age group for Sunny Coast Worlds. Oh, wow. So her training's just sort of kicking kicking on now. Um, so I said to her, well, you know, I can take the car, the dogs, and we'll, we'll drive a few hours and you can ride there and meet us and we'll do that sort of stuff after Cairns. But um, – if I get a roll down, I'll do 70.3 worlds. Okay. Um, you know, I was hoping Bustleton was going to go better and I'd be, you know, just jump up the ladder a lot. But I got a roll down last year and it, I probably had the same amount of points, which is probably, you know, next to no points. Um, so I think being in Australia, the, you know, there's a lot of Europeans and Americans that won't come here because yeah. uh, it's a fairly expensive trip for them. And before Kona, it's a long trip. It'd be cool to do um, it in so, your home kind of town as well, you know. To, you know yeah, it's like it's half an hour down yeah, the road. Yeah, like silly not so to. If, if I get a roll down, I'll do it for sure. Um, but if I don't get a roll down, and um, you know, I may not race. I um, Probably, yeah, just, just focus on the training, which is difficult. Even now, like two weeks out from Cairns, it's a bit like, um, you know, get a little bit antsy, I guess. You know, uh, the, the training's been going well, but you need something to break it up a bit. Mm. Uh, which I'll look at before Kona. Like if I don't have a race, I'll definitely look at how I'm feeling now and just sort of go, okay, maybe I just need, you know, three or four days even just to go, you know, drive an hour away, do some riding on the other side of the, the hinterland or, um, you know, go down the coast or up the coast, just somewhere, you know. And there's cheap flights to Hawaii. So, how, you know, maybe how that's not. You, how early do you go to Kona? I only go about uh, eight or nine days out, eight okay. days out. So if the race is Saturday, we're getting there Friday. Okay. So you're not yeah. the guy who does the month before kind of thing? or No, never, never. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm really comfortable training at home. And um, for me, getting ready for like packing for Kona, 
you know, takes a fair bit out, you know, it takes time and energy. So I like to do that in my taper two weeks out. I don't want to be doing that in my, you know, three weeks out when training volume is still moderately high. Um, I want to be doing that when I can take time off training and the sessions are only two hours, not, you know, four hours. Um, And that's always just worked for me and that's just my, my theory and, yeah, it works out well and, we stay in a nice place on the water with a you know beautiful view that looks out to the swim course, um, so it's not cheap. Um, it's only <laughs> it's an apartment, you know, with cooking facilities and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's still you know we couldn't we couldn't stay there for three weeks. You no. know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, um, you, you know, you always you and Jamie, you you always like I, you know from the interactions I've had with you, your relationship's always been really important to you. How important has that relationship been over these last three years, where it has been a bit of a journey for you? Um, and how's it has it been made successful throughout that? Um, yeah, it hasn't been easy for sure. Um, you know, because because when I'm not, <clears throat> excuse me, when I'm not feeling well, I I really can't. I can't really think straight. So as much as Jamie's trying to help me and say, oh, you should go see this doctor or you should see this person or, um, you know, look at what this is. And um, there are times when it's just like, oh, I just need to sit here and I can't think. I, I can't look at my computer right now. Um, I've just got to take a break out. And, um, you know, that that that's obviously been a strain. And then she's always the last few years, she's done a lot of my sponsorship relations, um, which is always adds a different pressure to the relationship, especially when I'm not performing because then she's the one that has to mm. sort of tell them that it's not going well. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been difficult. But um, now that I'm feeling better again and I think things are looking up, I mean, we're looking now at different things, even if things go really well at, you know, Cams and Kona and, you know, I start to make good price money again and sponsors come back next year. Um, I guess we're sort of looking at, okay, how can we just sort of, we need something else, you know, what else can we sort of do? So Jamie's been studying a bit nutrition and um, personal training and um, sort of uh, self self-coaching type of things or, yep. or just sort of coaching type courses. So, yep. so she's trying, she might um, build up a business that eventually I can sort of piggyback off a bit hmm. uh, when I've got the downtime in the future yep. when I'm retired. Yep. While I'm training, I can't do anything. No, I'm, I'm pretty useless. Um, so, yeah, she's, she's trying to, I'm, we're trying to get her away from doing any of the stuff with the, um, with my stuff because as the results have gone down, the pressure increases on her, as I said, whereas I'm still in my little bubble of, oh, well, I just, I just have to keep focusing on training and my health. Like I cannot do any more than that because that's where, that's where my passion is. That's where the money is that yeah. I believe money is for me. At this point in time, that's where I think I'm going to make the most money for out of anything. Um, so I'm, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I want to do this and that's why I'm just focusing on this and can't do anything else. Mm. So um, as long as, you know, because things have gone worse, she's not getting anything out of that role as a relationships manager um, because there's not a lot to do. There's not Mm. a lot of positivity in it. Um, Yeah, so she's she's definitely transitioning. She loves to do a bit of my social media and a bit of this and that but at the same time she's very frustrated by it sometimes if she's focusing too much on it and I'm not doing much or, you know, results aren't great and she's like, oh, well, there's not much to say. So we're trying to find that balance which is difficult between 
um, her enjoying doing some of it, um, but also not getting too involved where her, you know, sort of emotional state and her um, thoughts on our income and the mortgage and that kind of stuff and because she does all the finances, I'm just in my own little bubble yeah, and yeah. Like, look at that. <laughs> so, it's going well for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did a great ride. Like, yeah. <laughs> didn't we make money today? Come on. <laughs> the road ride went well. well it's also that thing of it's one of the problems with our sport is that we – we get a one identity person um, and that, you know, we just got, we're so good at just this one thing. And it's, I, I know myself, I went through this period where I kind of wake up at 30 and I thought, far there's no other side to Bevan, you know? And, and actually I need, there needs to be more to life than just this kind of exercising consum- consuming life. And I mean, I wasn't a pro who was making money, you know, like I was kind of just an age group who loved it. And, you know, and, uh, and to realize that moment where you need, other things is you know and obviously for you you are in a different place so you are that pro who's trying to you know kind of shoot that but for your partner to have something else as well is pretty important yeah definitely and we still want to keep a bit of a view on long term something that we can work together as a business long term Mm. um you know that sort of consultancy wellness type industry um perhaps and um yeah but i I mean i'm good I, i my distractions uh, when I'm when I'm not training or have a day rest or whatever, um, you know, I did my landscaping apprenticeship a long time ago and got a bit of a green thumb, a love of it from my dad, and so I'm quite happy to go out in the garden and just do a bit Pottery, of gardening yeah. and potter around, do some pruning, mow the lawns, and make it look pretty. And I look back and go, oh, well, I'm proud of this, yeah, because that's what I had when I was landscaping. Like, you know, you had some amazing days where you'd look back, you'd stand back and just go, wow, I I did that today and just made this place look a hundred times better. And I definitely have missed that, that, Mm. that sense of accomplishment and that you've sort of done something that's making a difference that other people will enjoy. Mm. Um, which when you get race results, yes, people do get, um, motivation and, and a lot of those nice comments that I get back are, you know, I've had some amazing stories that people are like, wow, just seeing your, you know, you winning Kona and your speech and or this or that or your story about this. Um, you know, some people have like lost. One guy that I met this year, he, he had messaged me earlier. He'd lost like 70 kilos or something. Wow. Like went from being absolutely obese to, to being able to get a bit of a life back. Um, so that's about as extreme as it's gotten, but there's all sorts of variances in there, and right down to just, uh, you know, these last weeks, I just sort of trying weekly just to post a few, um, what's going on in my world a bit as I prepare for an Ironman on Facebook, and and hopefully just people are getting something out of that, because I do train differently to other people, and I have had problems, and nothing's rosy all the time. Mm. So I do try and say, well, you know, this is how I approach it. This is what I'm focusing on. This is what makes me feel better. Um, this is what I'm thinking about while I'm training. Um, so just trying to give back a bit more, um, which is kind of easy when you're training really well. You know, when you're not training well, as, as the last few years, it's really difficult to get online and and talk about something motivating to people. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it, there's not a lot to say, whereas the... You know, when I'm out there riding solo for five hours, it's five hours of talking to yourself um, and it's analyzing what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and how to be more efficient and what am I thinking about. So trying to relay that stuff when things are going really well and I feel like I'm being very um, 
you know, um, my thought patterns are going quite well and productive, um, it's nice to be able to just get some of those thoughts down compared to those times when I'm literally not training, looking at the wall and can't, don't want to get out of bed in the morning and I have no thoughts whatsoever. <laughs> what, um, last question for you. What, um, you know, if, if you had had a great three years, the life lessons you would have learned would be different, you know, like, and so what are some of the lessons that you think you've learned that you'll take forward in, you know, the way you live your life because you've kind of gone through a period where maybe it wasn't what you hoped it was? Um, it, it definitely helps me to look um, at other people and, and be more, um, I guess, open-minded to that everybody's different and um, the different ways that people approach things, the different ways that work for different people. Um, you know, I think that, I guess, seeing people come at me and say, well, this is what you're doing wrong um, and you just need to do it like that, that guy, that's really been confronting and really frustrating for me. So, you know, I don't want to be the guy that says, well, you just need to do it this way and it'll work for you. I'm trying to be more, well, you know, this guy does it that way. I do it this way. You need to just try what's working for you. And if everything's going well, then don't worry about changing anything. But if you're missing out on something, then you need to look at all the different ways that different people do stuff. Don't just follow one guy and think that that's the way for you. Mm. Um, and then certainly reading up about diet, you know, um, since since the first of Jan, Jamie and I haven't eaten any meat with feet. Um, it was just one of those things. We just sort of said, "Well, let's try it." Um, I haven't had any dairy either, and I eat a ton of um, vegetables that I didn't used to eat before. A ton of seeds, eat more nuts, more legumes, beans, and all of that stuff. So, a green smoothie every day. So whether it's that I'm eating a heap more nutrition, like nutrients, nutrient dense food. Or whether it's the fact that I was eating something that was, you know, that was causing inflammation for me, whether it was dairy or meat or whatever, you know, I don't know, but it's working for me, so I'm not going to change it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm trying. But on that, on that path, you learn that there are people that are very much like, you know, oh, vegan is the way you have to be, or yeah, it's a, they become um, cultish, don't they? Yeah, exactly. So I guess it's it's a good shock. Um, for me, especially if I'm trying to explain something to like my mum or my sister, and you, you've got to be really gentle with people of saying, "Well, this is how I do it." Now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it's working. And if you don't feel good, then you should really try what I'm doing because I went from being fatigued for months at a time to being the healthiest and most energetic that I've ever been since I was like 15 year old kid. Like, there's a huge change there, and so I sort of just want to bring that to some people's attention that, um, yeah, that, that food matters um, and that, you know, if you don't need to feel alienated because someone told you to eat this way or someone told you to train that way, um, you've just got to sort of have that confidence and there's someone out there doing it the way that is going to be right for you. Um, for me, it was a, you know, 20-year journey to sort of find someone that's doing it the way that I'm doing it and, at the end of the day, that only person is me. It's just I'm combining different different versions of different people into um, you know what's working for me now, and um, yeah. So hopefully, I can sort of pass on some of that knowledge of um, people out there looking for more. You know, just go out there and look for more if you're if you're not um, feeling that you're 100 percent healthy. Mm. 
Hey, um, when you, when you won Kona, I think you had the earliest celebration run ever. Um, <laughs> I, remember, I remember on the day, you, cause you, 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 you killed it. And so you, I remember just saying, you're coming and you're celebrating bloody early. And it was just great seeing you on that day and achieving a massive goal. And, uh, it was just great to see you kind of healthy again. Cause I know it's been a pretty challenging time for you. Uh, good luck in Cairns and we'll see you over in Kona, mate. And just good luck for the rest of the year. And thanks for your time tonight. You're a bloody star. Yeah. Thanks very much, Bevan. Great to be on. Cheers. Awesome, mate. I've got a question for you, John. Yes. What's the strangest thing that helped improve your racing that you maybe wouldn't have thought? Like, you know, because Pete, in this interview, which you wouldn't have heard, but everyone else would have, he talks about how he's kind of, you know, this kind of idea of getting better oxygen in. And, you know, in some ways we look at these things and we kind of think, that's a bit silly. But for him, it's been a real success formula. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, a few weeks ago on the show, we talked about, you know, those random things we got sold that would basically turn out to be crap. Mm -hmm. Um, But also sometimes you do try things and you go, you know what? Don't know why. But it works for me. What have been some things that work for you? Ex-endurance works for me. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I did like, load once on Gurana. Gurana, what's that? It's like a oh, Gurana, like this yeah, yeah. supplement. Yeah, I went a bit crazy on that stuff. <laughs> you know, I went yeah. crazy on when I gave up drinking. <laughs> work. When I gave up drinking, um, I still didn't have the ability to go out without needing feeling I needed a stimulant. So mm-hmm. like, I gave up alcohol completely, and I needed to because I was an idiot. But um, so I gave up alcohol. My strategy was stupid, so I thought, well, I'll just go crazy on Garana. So I mm. bought like 20 Garana tablets mm. and 20 cans of V. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't a wise strategy. Not, not clever. Just ended up with the most massive headache I'd ever had. Yeah. Yeah, so that wasn't a good strategy. Oh, I don't think there's any magical bullet for me in terms of any little things. I just trained hard for a long, lot of years. How no, are you there's nothing magic. Sorry? Are you good with sleep? Yeah, I'm pretty good with sleep. How, many, how much sleep do you get a night? Oh, at the moment, seven hours. Oh, okay. So I'm good on five or six. I can live on five or six. Yeah, no, seven's good for me. Get bed by ten, bed in bed by ten. Get up at five. Seven's sufficient. Yeah. Blind Do you struggle though. to get to sleep? No. Apparently, well, someone I know has this partner who snores all the time. Yeah, last and, night and and just get you know bumps them all night I'm long. Feeling fatigued. Blind <laughs> woke me up several times last night because I was snoring. Are you snoring normally? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you really? Are you? Yeah. Dave Dwan, I don't, I don't snore to the same levels of Dave, uh, Dave Dwan. Oh, he, he's, he's uh, poor Dave Dr. snores the house down. Oh, really? But I can't criticise because. Oh, but I've ruined a few. I can't remember you snoring. You must be a good deep sleeper. Tell you who. No, the... not all the time. But if I'm tired, and I was a little tired last night. Oh, so when you're tired, you snore more. Oh yeah. Why is that? Epicamp. You don't want to be sharing a room with me. Oh really? Yeah. Who's sharing a room with you in Epicamp? Murray. Bad luck. <laughs> bad luck. Whoever it is. So no, for me. <laughs> Didn't have never tried too many of the little magic gizmos or anything like that. One thing that didn't work particularly well for me was the. Did you try um, the nose thing for the snoring? No, I have not tried that. Uh, don't suggest that. I don't want to be wearing one of those things. Hey, maybe your wife needs sleep. Uh, I tried the hypoxic training, um, oh, and that yeah. works for for quite a few people. That does work, but I was a bit of a non-responder, and we also went to altitude before the '96 World Champs. Went up to Flagstaff, Arizona, and uh, anyway, I just wasn't a very good responder in terms of uh, altitude. So that's one thing that didn't work for me. Well, I did the I did the hypoxic thing. It was, the problem for me with that was it was hard to put your finger on if it was working or not. It's well, one of those things that it was hard to measure. So you, you can to get blood tests to, to measure it, but um, yeah, but it's pretty pretty everyday guy who's just going to the place down the road, you yeah, know, you know, that's it's pretty pretty small gains. It's a one percenters, and that was one thing compression? that I compression. Yeah, no, that's been great. I was just a shame that SLS don't do those um, tights that they did. So they did the the original set of tights they did were more sort of um, hospital grade 
um, oh, medical so real, grade ones where they weren't that now uh, they weren't the the sort of lycra ones yeah. i don't find the lycra ones work as well but the, the sls ones and they don't make them anymore they were great so compression has been great yep yep because yeah. it has been the one thing when we think about products that have come and gone because when mm. we did that topic i did think to myself compression i thought no because compression still is used mm. like you know compression socks you know all those types of things i don't think it's probably used as thoroughly as what it, you know when it first came out people were sleeping oh, in yeah. compression pants you know it was kind of that level but there is a place for it in in the sport isn't there mm. just trying to think of what what things i've done there's no substitute for hard work and this there's is like, no substitute for hard work <laughs> there you go but I think so often people are trying to find that secret answer. Aren't no, they? but they try to they're constantly focusing on the one percenters and the half percenters, and they're all great. Don't get me wrong; you add up a lot of half percenters. You need to do the twenty percenters first, don't you, John? You do. You've got yeah. to do the big things first, and then you know. It's a really interesting question. When in your career should you start focusing on the one percenters? Well, you should always be focusing on them, but not becoming obsessive on them. Focus more on your twenty percenters, and be aware of the one percenters and the half percenters. But if you're not doing the rest, you know, what's the point? Exactly. What's the point, John? Yes. What's the point? David Manley had a good point when he decided to do his first triathlon. Okay, here we go. He swam, his first try was a 400 metre swim, 20k bike and a 5k run. So not quite sprint distance because the swim was a bit short. Carb loaded the night before on past as if I was doing a double (laughs) Ironman. That's cold. God, I've done that so many times before. I've got a sprint, I better cover load. Absolutely hearing you. <laughs> Is it just because it's an excuse to eat more? Do you, like for him, he didn't know. I'm assuming it's his first try. You know better, John. So do you think for you, you're right there? He's having a fit. Here we go. Got that sneeze out. Oh no, it's free. You put free food in front of me. I just cannot help myself. <laughs> Carb loading. That's the problem with me going that, to Thailand because I smorgasbord breakfast. Mm. But I've learned to, Bali last year, I learned to control myself. I go hard at breakfast and you don't need anything to yeah, dinner. But do, you, but do you really stop eating? <laughs> um, carb loading, it's just, God, it's just ruined so many people's races. But this was a sprint try. Couldn't swim 400 metres straight without dying, so did it as 4 by 100 with 15 seconds rest, which sounds stupid, but that's actually quite a good idea. Get, get through it. Um, didn't put swim cap on properly, and a group of less than complimentary supporters were calling me chicken <laughs> <laughs> when the crowd's giving you crap, that's not yeah. a good thing. <laughs> After losing more time wrestling a non-full zip cycle jersey with over my wet body, I was onto the bike. So many people do that. They put the bike oh. jerseys on, stuff comes flying out of the pockets, yep. um, which I'd owned, it's a bike you'd only owned for a few weeks and mostly okay until the fast downhill section where I managed to lose Ooh. my chain entirely and lose a lot of time having no real clue how to put it back on. Into T2, which I thought I'd nailed for speed until about 30 metres into the run, I realised I still had the bike helmet on. <laughs> this is no. a Lobbed it onto the hedge for later retrieval. No idea I should probably have been penalised for it. Managed to complete the run without walking at all. An achievement as I'd only managed it once before in a training run. All done and pretty shocking. One hour 29. But made over $1,000 of sponsorship money from that little race. And I've done loads since and never asked anyone for a penny. So nice work. David Manley, first sprint triathlon. I have to say, the people with the... You guys are doing a great job on my first try. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, the, you know, like when you bought this one, I was like, oh, this could be a bit of crap. But actually, you guys, well done for everyone who's done it my Keeping first try. Keeping it concise. Yeah, nice A few concise, paragraphs. Put a bit of humour in there. Yeah. You know, we don't want the, oh, I'm a legend, I won my first race. Yeah. 
Although if you did, that's still pretty impressive as well. Exactly. So bring it through. Okay, John, we'll get another interview. Or let's do sponsor. Yes. Okay. So athlinks.com. Yes. Again, the theme today is paying it back, love. giving us some love. So we all keep our results in Athlinks. We all know how to do that. Uh, as with Extreme Endurance, they've been around for ages. So spread the love. Recommend them to others. Maybe post something on their Facebook page or, or tag them in a Facebook post. And uh, it's the best place to keep all your results in one place. And for me, from a coaching point of view, great. If, if I get all my athletes on there, it's just a really good reference point for me to go, okay, was that a good result? You can go back and it's got all of, say, say they've done the same race four years in a row. Instead of having to go through four different years of data on ironman.com or whatever whatever website it might be it's all in one place and so from a coaching point of view if you're a coach encourage your athletes to be on there and you can use it as your reference point and athletes sometimes you just think oh it's just a bit of a hassle but further down the track you really will be appreciative of it especially if races disappear and the results aren't there anymore so check it out athlinks.com Good times, athletes.com guys. Give them some love. That's all we're asking. Okay, John, but we've got an interview with Mark from Exhale, and we're going to be talking about. So it's obviously going to be a feature of um, the Exhale website, but we're always trying to say, well, okay, what's that feature, and how is that going to help you in terms of an athlete get better, or how is, yeah, is this going to improve your sort of coach athlete relationship? So here comes Mark from Exhale. Here we go. Okay, guys, we've got uh, Mark from Exhale. You guys can check it out at trainexhale.com uh, on the show today. We had him on a few, maybe about a month ago, sort of talking about some military applications and what he learned from that and how he applies that for triathlon. Um, today, we're going to talk about some funky features in terms of how you guys can look at your training, how your coaches can look at athletes' training and, and how things sort of overlay a little bit. So, Mark, welcome back to the show. Hi, John. Great to chat to you again. Hey, um, look, I think you're a coach and, and I'm a coach and, and often athletes kind of need, uh, you know, sometimes they need the latest, greatest things and they need a different session every week and they think there's going to be some magical formula to, to getting to the top. But often it's a case of, you know, really doing repetitive work and uh, doing the same workout a number of times and, and, and just getting stuck in rather than looking for you know, a crazy different session every time. And you guys at um, trainexhale.com have got some really cool features in terms of actually having a look at um, repeats and having a look at races that you've maybe done more than once and actually comparing them. So talk us, talk us through um, overlays and, and maybe from a training point of view, what athletes and coaches can expect to see and, and what the the software allows you to do so i mean essentially like you say it's it's repetition um and, and doing sessions that you've done you know week in week out you know i've done sessions that i've done for 20 years you know they are they are benchmark a litmus test of whether or not you're in form or or not so what we've tried to do is create a very simple uh, function that allows you to compare these types of sessions. Um, so, for instance, yeah, uh, I, I would talk about one-mile reps, for instance, off, off the bike, really simple stuff. Uh, one mile out, one mile back. Um, the software will allow you to drop these mile reps on top of each other. Um, bearing in mind that the mile outs will be different to the mile backs for, for lots lots of reasons, but the ones that I that I that I'm picking up 
on the software is uh, you know there could be a slight incline on the way out and decline on the way back and also wind direction will have an effect so you can't compare the out and back with each other they've all got to be the outs so the software allows you to do that and it's quite interesting to see how uh, these mile reps compare with each other um, and for instance uh, what is interesting is how they pace these particular distances through reps uh, 400 meters 800 meters one mile reps um, I'm finding that a lot of the athletes using the functions now are not running these reps evenly and the software shows you that yeah. immediately um, and you'll see this pattern and once you've created these these laps and these functions these overlays and the feedback the athlete sees it straight away um, so I think essentially that's what it's about and, and you know if, if you're running a mile or two miles or this is a 10k time trial that you normally do you know the first thing you want to do is compare it to the last time you did it yeah. you know because it shows you are you getting better quicker faster stronger whatever and um that's what we're allowing uh, athletes and coaches to do um yeah matt you were, show, you were telling me about a, a an example of some 400s that some athletes are doing and and what you're able to see really clearly because when you're doing a 400 meter repeat you know you're not going to be staring at your watch you're going to start your 400 and you're going to do your 400 and you'll generally have a look at your time once you've once you've crossed the line and, and then go okay that was a a 135 or it was a 145 or it was a 120 or whatever it might be um, but what you were able to identify with the, the software was athletes were actually going out far too quickly and, and you see this in swimming as well if you see athletes doing yeah. 400 metre repeats of the pool you know they might do a, an 8 minute 400 for example but their first, one, first 100 might be 140 then it might be to 150 then two minutes or, or some, something like that but that's one thing you're able to see that consistently athletes seem to be going out too quickly yeah I, I think as well with and I learned this many years ago with a, a top um, a duathlete uh, when I used to do track sessions with him um, he's, he would always look at the wind direction on the on the session and if we were doing fours or sixes or eights he would work out that his first part of that particular rep was in the wind so um, we would change to the opposite side. We wouldn't, we wouldn't actually start at the, the, at the track start, if that makes sense. Mm, we would actually mm. walk across the other side. And until you're shown that or you understand that, you think, well, that makes perfect sense because actually on the latter end of that particular rep, I, I want the wind pushing on my back. Mm. I don't want it in my face. So, And you can see this on the 400-meter repeats. And also what you can see is athletes will start their watch from a standing start. Mm. Um, and again, you'll see this uh, increase in pace over 10 to 15 meters. And straight away, I've said to athletes, right, jog back 15 meters uh, and hit your watch uh, mm. as you cross the line and you, you're crossing that line at your rep uh, prescribed mm. speed. Um, but the other, the, the other good thing about the actual uh, function is, uh, and this is for pool swimming as well, which is really interesting because all, all the gadgets out there they're only as good as the athlete pushing the button mm -hmm. on the watch. And I had a Phoenix 2 and it was forever misreading or I thought I'd pressed it and it hadn't. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've created a function now for the pool as well where you can just get the athlete to do the session, whether it's in the pool or the track or on the bike. And you'll know by looking at the data what his reps are and then you just highlight those and create the laps yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, so if the athlete misses... Uh, a split time it doesn't matter 
they mm. don't really have to think about it. Uh, they just go off and do the session. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. And you were showing me, uh, or you're telling me about an example there, and this is where I think is really cool, is for, for when you're doing racing, and especially if you're doing um, the same race either year on year, or you may have your local sprint triathlon series, or and then you can overlay the, the race data, so it might be for the for the run, you know, say you do Ironman UK, um, you've done it five years in a row, and you can, you know, obviously you see your, your finish time, and you can go back and look at that, but you can actually overlay all that and get a graphical representation of, of how the pace has gone through through the run, and identify any sort of uh, trends that you might see there. Yeah, so we've created a very specific race function where the athlete creates that race themselves within the diary and it could be run bike run it could be kayak run bike whatever it doesn't really matter because the athlete creates each discipline within the event but if we talk classical ironman mm. you know it'll be swim transition bike transition run um uh and then if it's a race they traditionally do year in year out the first thing i know athletes want to do is compare it to the previous year mm. now obviously whether and some other environmental factors may influence uh, certain performances. But uh, what we're allowing the athlete to do is to drop the two over each other, and then you'll have two icons uh, along the roll at the time bar, and you can scroll along and you'll watch you as an athlete the year before and the year you raced, um, and you'll track the event and you'll watch yourself race or go through the whole race and you'll see where gains and losses were made. And this includes the transition as well, mm. um, which again, people um, uh, forget. But also with it, what we want to do is encourage people to uh, share their race with another person who's done that race, who uses Excel. Mm. Um, so again, you can have this virtual race against each other mm. uh, or a number of athletes, it doesn't really matter. But it's again, it's just, it's for that comparison um, and you see where these gains or losses are made within uh, specific parts of the race. So, yeah, mm. we're excited about that. Fantastic. Okay, guys, so if you want to check it out, um, trainexhale.com. Um, get started with your free training diary. And for coaches, if you're looking for you know, a really solid platform to work off, check it out. And, um, Mark, I've got to hear about uh, Ironman Lanzarote from you. You said you didn't have your greatest day at the office but you managed to sneak a Kona spot it's a race that intrigues me uh so maybe tell us just a little bit about Ironman Lanzarote and compared to say other iron distance races you've done uh I mean Lanzarote it's it's pretty unique I mean John if you've not done it you need to go and do it I want to go and do it. <laughs> uh, you do it's um I mean I'll not argue it's probably the most I'm not going to sell it to people with the swim, yeah. but I think the event organizer needs to change the swim start a little bit because it it was pretty manic. Um, I mean, Rachel, who, Rachel Hallam, who you're going to speak to next week, baby. Yeah. Uh, she, she came out with a cut lip and a and a cut forehead. It was pretty scary. I mean, I'm I'm a pretty competent swimmer, yeah. but uh, there were at times during the swim I thought, bloody hell, this is this is scary. But I mean, once you find your, your bit of space, you were out and. The, the swim route actually is, is, is marked. It's lane roped all oh, wow. the way. Uh, yeah, you've just got to find that lane rope uh, at the start. Uh, and the wind, the wind in Lanza is just, it's just amazing. Um, it's your best training partner. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's it, it's a lumpy course. The roads, the majority of the roads are now pretty good. Some of them are quite sticky and heavy, but um, it's a bit like Kona, really, when you're looking around and you look at the lava fields and stuff. But the wind and the long, the long drags, the climbs, um, you know, sort of six, seven percent just eat away at you. Yeah. Um, and then you get a couple of nice proper climbs. Uh, sort of 120k in and then you have a nice descent coming back in off the bike but it's the only Ironman event where I want to get off the bike yeah. you're on it just just you're on it just a bit too long yeah um and and for me sadly I um ironically I lost I lost my salt and my um electrolytes early because of the road yeah. uh, through my ball and I threw my chain and yeah. I freed my chain and then it caught my rear brake block and then I rolled 100, I think it was 50 k's with the rear brakes on. Oh, but this, nice. this again is so. I compared my data to last year's data. My power to weight was was up considerably, but my speed wasn't. Right. And I found out that when I picked the bike up, my my rear wheel was rubbing. But the the, I, the question mark for me was actually that the numbers don't correlate with each other. Yeah. And that was looking at the data, and and so I was quite relieved once I found out that that was the issue because I'm riding pretty well and the numbers yeah. didn't add up. Yeah. Um, and I think the lack of salt on the bike, you know, I, I've, I've never, I've never experienced coming off the bike and running Well, I wasn't even running. Yeah. Normally, you know, the first 15, 20 K you think, yeah, this is great. Yeah. I, I can do this all day and then a sniper will get you. Yeah. But I, I, you know, the wheels didn't fall off for me. I just didn't get them on. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that really kept me going is, or was the corner slot. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I think I would have, I would have sat down and had some chips and a beer again like the year before. But, <laughs> and I, as I explained to my athletes, is with corner now, it's just getting so so competitive and it's getting more and more difficult. And these guys are quick. I mean, I was out today with the guy. They're just phenomenal. These age groupers. Yeah. And. I explained to the athletes I, that I coach, it's it's no it's no good really trying to qualify for a corner slot looking at your age group, looking at the last slot. You've got to be above that last slot because yeah. if it does go wrong and if you have a bad day, you've still got that performance to qualify. Because for me, that Lanza race was probably the worst Ironman race I've ever done performance-wise. Yeah. But I managed to scrape the corner slot. And I think... That's where some of the athletes, um, you know, will get a little bit disillusioned because they think they're at that sort of percentile line and they're not. They've yeah. got a punch above it. Yeah. Uh, but Lanza, yeah, I recommend, I recommend doing it. Take a gum shield. Oh, yeah. no, it looks great. Yeah, for and the it, swim. And it's, as you said, you know, you, you, you learn something from the data as well, which is what you guys can do using Exhale is um, sometimes, you know, the time might not be quite there, and whether it be weather, whether it be brakes rubbing, whatever it might be, but um, that's when you can overlap things and you can actually say, hey, look, well, my power's up on the previous year, so I'm heading in the right direction. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting because I, I don't, I don't, I have my Garmin on my bike, but I tape it all up. I don't look at the data. It doesn't oh, yeah. influence me on my race. Yeah, I look at it afterwards because it's great to analyze the data afterwards and to c- confirm certain things, but for me personally and as a coach, I don't. I don't tend to get my athletes using and relying on power and Garmin and, and speed and this, that, and the other on race day. I think race day is exactly that. It's a race, and you've got to trust 
your emotions and your feelings because you know you have good and bad patches and looking down at a Garmin uh, won't necessarily have a positive effect mm-hmm. on your performance so mm-hmm. I, I look at it retrospectively because it is very useful but for me I don't look at it during the day mm-hmm. and you know I very I don't even look at it when I'm running I just mm-hmm. roll on feel so mm-hmm. but yeah it's interesting how people use the technology in certain ways, yeah. Ah, fantastic. Oh, fantastic that you're able to scrape your way to, to Kona and look forward to yeah, seeing we'll you see the you out there, island. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome, guys. So if you want to check it out, go to trainexhale.com. Thanks, Mark, and we'll catch up with you in a few months. Great stuff. Thank you. Okay, John, so we're back and uh, good times. Good times. I've had my exam today, Bevan. I reckon... Okay, here's my prediction. Okay. By the time I get back, mm. you'll have your results. Yes. I'm gonna say, eighty-seven percent. That's that's a bit scary, Bevan. Do you think you get eighty-seven? Do you think it's possible? No, but that's good. I got my assignment back last week. Pick it up. And I got eighty-seven percent. Yes. yes. That's a bit scary. Well, yeah, well done. Just, uh, some would say wise. Yes. Uh, I've got a I've got a teller, like I'm like a mind reader. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna waste it here. Yeah. I think I'm not gonna get eighty-seven percent in the exam. Why not? The chemistry side of things. I get, I get, get all the theory and, and application, but the chemistry, if we get too many chemistry-based questions in terms of structure of different things, then I'm, I'm a little bit screwed. We, I, I'm going to pass. We know problems with yeah. that. What's but, pass? Uh, what do you need to get to pass? Well, if I got eight, the, the assignment was worth 50% of our marks, so 87% oh, of that. So I don't word. really have too many dramas. But it's 50% pass? What's pass? I think 50% will be passed. Oh, so in theory, passed. in theory, I've only got to get a handful of marks, so it'll be fine. But it's not about pass. It's all about the learning process. Yeah, mate, you're, going to, you're going to give people information about what to eat. Mm. You're going to take all this education, disregard it, and tell them to eat low carbohydrate fat. It is very, it is, the human body is just oh. insane. It is and there's levels, isn't there, right? Because you can learn anatomy. And then you can learn anatomy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, and then you can learn anatomy another level. There's, and you go to just layers and layers and layers. And, and I'm so, what I'm doing is very basic level um, biology. Again, I, yeah. it's probably school, last year sort of school level stuff, probably advancing on from that. But it's just, yeah. it's amazing how we process food and energy. It's, it is phenomenal, it's ridiculous. isn't it? Ridiculous. Yeah. So, there we go. Okay, well, well done. 87%. Thank Good you. Yep. You're an A student, that makes you. I'll be happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be back next week and it will be we've got another pre recorded show and then it's gonna be recording from France. You we're not gonna see each other for how long? Six weeks or so. How are we gonna do this? We're back in July. So today is June the sixth. We'll be back in the studios probably about July the twelfth, something like that. A good four or five weeks. Lovely we've seen each other, John. God, we're starting to tear up here. It's going to be hard to <laughs> sponsors. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. Trainexhale.com. And get onto it. And, and patrons. Patrons. And you know where to go. Dub, dub, dub. I am talk.me. Become a patron. And you really are supporting us and doing what we're doing. John, boy, any other goss? That's it. Do I, I think we might need. Oh, no, we'll get there. Yeah. Good. Yeah, just. Okay. I'm Russ. I'm Train hard. Train smart. Kick hard.